Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Season 5 of Sequelizers. As always, I am your host, Jack Chambers, and joining me, my fellow Sequelizers, Mr. Matthew Stockton. The Gorals! 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 Coral! <laughs> I was going to make that joke. Like, oh, we've got Andrew Lincoln here. I didn't realize. There we go. Oh, dear. How, how evil. And Tim Matum. Banana. <laughs> Oh dear. Jack, I always feel like you get missed out on these things. Yeah, I don't avoid it because I don't want to do it. Oh. <laughs> it's you, fine. You could have done another voice. No. Well, it, we'll, I'll do my Kristen Wig impression. We'll do a postseason episode where you just have to come up with a quote from every film that we've covered. <laughs> yeah, all and 12. All rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I did my fair share of a Bane impression. That's in the previous very one. true. That's oh, very yeah. true. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get some Groove impressions in this one as well. Or. Drew impression. Uh, how different they are. Fucking uh, <laughs> If you haven't already guessed by the title of the episode. Do people go into this so blind they have no idea no, what the episodes are? <laughs> like, oh, new sequelizer, and then you just click the button. Like, I wonder what this is about. I don't want to look. I want to find and out it, and guess what it is in the first two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if people do go in blind. Yeah. And they could just get the little notification of like, new episode downloaded. Though. Don't look at it. Close your eyes, yeah. click it. And, tweet tweet and us then, if you do that. Gorals! Gorals! It's like, oh, it's... It's that thing. <laughs> We're going to be fixing Despicable Me 3 this mm. week, as voted by our patrons. Mm-hmm. We had a choice of some animated movies that they really need fixing. We'll get to all of them at some we'll point. We'll get to all of them at some point, but the uh, most popular was 2017's Despicable Me 3. Mm. And as we all agree, it's a hot pile of shite. <laughs> And uh, to give a little sort of background with our respective understandings and experiences with the series, surprise, surprise, Mr. Stogden over there. I have seen everything. He's seen it all. He's seen, um, I don't know why I'm Borat. Um, I was pretty good group, to be fair. Yeah. You did all right. It's basically Borat. Wait, um, <laughs> 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 I was going to make a throw the Groo down the well. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Maybe not. Um, you've seen... Despicable Me 1, That's correct. That's Despicable Me 2. That, that is correct. Despicable Me 3. Ah, uh, that is indeed correct. And Minions. Minions. Uh, <laughs> that is also correct. Oh, and uh, later this year, in 2020, I will see the sequel to Minions prequel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Rise of Gru, or whatever they call oh, it. Oh, fuck right off. Uh, fuck all the way off. Um, I've seen the second most in the franchise with two movies. <laughs> I've seen Despicable Me 1 and Despicable Me 3. And Tim... I, I went in cold on this one. <laughs> I had not seen any Despicable Me. I think last time we'd met, I, I kind of reeled off everything that I knew about these films. It's very and little. it took about... 30 seconds. It was a, there's a guy who looks like Dara Brian, and then there's <laughs> these little banana creatures. Yep. Tic Tac Pellets. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, Kids love it. And uh, having it's... having watched Despicable Me 3, I shall definitely be going back to the previous two and firing them into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> because if this is any kind of indication of what these films are like. I mean, this is the worst. 
Except uh, maybe minions. Yeah. But I'm not... it's, it's the worst of this canon. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Is it a separate canon? Um, no, my should have frozen Separate timeline? Yeah. <laughs> it gets so deep, just... it has its own, like, multiverse. <laughs> well, I mean, I... I... Minions does actually... <sighs> We're spending too much time discussing minions. Yeah, let's let's not worry about that. But it's, it's not it, waste it's, it's a fucking breath big, on big that pile of bullshit. Shit, yeah. <laughs> it tries to explain where they came from and doesn't explain where they came from. They just walk out of the sea. What? Like some kind of Lovecraftian horror. <laughs> I mean, yes, You're the yellow kings. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> that little yellow kings. Yeah, oh my yeah. god. Ugh. Minion cunts. Um, <laughs> that's a text alert here's, here's the thing here's the thing ladies and gentlemen Despicable Me the first film yeah I watched and there was no uh, preface going into it it was just a there's thing. no minions craze happening no one knew but, anything about yeah, it yeah. it was just a thing and it was actually genuinely surprisingly funny and yeah, cute and sweet yeah, and endearing and silly yeah, yeah. and it's like this is good for the family kind of stuff um, it was in the same vein as Wreck-It Ralph and Megamind and other things where it's like, oh, I always associate it with Megamind. Yeah. 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 And then it became huge. (laughs) So painfully painful. Does anybody remember that Megamind existed? Nope. No. Some people fucking love Megamind. Megamind had Brad Pitt and Will Ferrell. What a fucking weird And Tina Fey. And Tina Fey. Uh, And this had Steve Carell uh, and what's his name? Jason... Thingy from uh, How About Your Mother? Oh, Siegel. Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. They were the two arguably yeah. the, bigger people in it. And the bossy little girl from School of Rock. Who's oh, now uh, Miranda Cosgrove. Yeah, yeah, who's now like a Disney. Oh yeah, she's because of like like Carly. Uh, yeah, I yep. think she's like Carly. Yep. Yeah, correct. Well, we knew that. Yeah, <laughs> didn't remember Jason Siegel's name. Jack Jack knew that. Down cold. Yeah, yep. big like Carly fan. Huge like Carly fan. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Better than Victorious or whatever it's called. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds like a thing, right? Sure. That is a thing. Hey! You're welcome. <laughs> um, so yeah, speaking of one was actually quite present. The second one is actually, and this we may get a bit of a point of contention for the from the audience, but again, Patreon picked this. Um, Despicable Me 2... Oh, we didn't give them a choice of two or we three. We did not, no, but we want to blame them. Despicable <laughs> um, Me 2, to, to be fair, is the same as Despicable Me 1. The only difference is there's a few more minion scenes. That's kind of it, really. Um, that sounds worse to me. No, no, no. But it, it sets up some half-decent things. Uh, introduces the Lucy character, fine. The whole anti-villain league stuff. It actually does a bit of world-building that's... Yeah, works. And the uh, bad guy, played by Benjamin Bratt, of El Macho, is quite funny. It's, I mean... You know, uncomfortable Mexican stereotypes at times because that's unfortunate. But it was very weird leaping from one to three. I can imagine like, he has a wife, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yep. He's in the anti-villain league. What the fuck is the anti-villain <laughs> league? Where did that come from?" Yep. Also, also, it is wild that the because uh, I, I found this out afterwards that the actor who plays the villain in the second one is called Benjamin Bratt and the villain in the third one is called Balthazar Bratt yeah I don't get it yep also because Kristen was he like really hard really hard to work with and they were just like fuck him name the villain after him I heard I could be very wrong I heard it was supposed to be Al Pacino and he ducked out at the last minute and Bratt was in and Bratt was much better I remember I heard that as well and uh, Javier Bardem was supposed to be Al Macho as well yes I think there's a lot of people in line with that role sort of thing but Either way. Um, what's weird is Kristen Wiig plays the orphanage uh, running woman, Miss Hattie or something like that, I don't know. And um, then she came back in the second film 
as Lucy. And it's like, oh, <laughs> hello again, the same voice. <laughs> Obviously, different voice, different accent things. It was a voice I caught in Despicable Me 3, I was surprised by. Julie fucking Andrews is his mum. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is this? It's a, it's a weird... Yeah, it's a really weird, like, then Julie weirdly Andrews, star-studded cast. Julie Andrews is also the voice of the Kraken in Aquaman, so, you know. <laughs> but that's amazing. That's true. But, as we have established, Aquaman made less money than one of these films. <laughs> God. Oh, do, you wanna, do you want to reel off some stats Let's, let's, let's reel off the stats. Uh, Jack, do you want to jump us sure, off? Sure, So, Despicable Me 1, pretty successful. 500 million is nothing to sniff your nose out for an animated film that cost about 60 million to make. That's yeah. a fucking huge success. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that like these films are not they're not made by Disney or Pixar. Mm. They're not made by made by Illumination. Yeah, they're not made by mm. Dreamers, well, not made by is. Sony. They they're basically an independent animation company, mm. which makes me so fucking angry because like the nearest like obviously um, Leica is stop motion rather than yep. CGI, but they're kind of the nearest comparable company in terms of like the the scale of the movies that they're. Well, yeah, because Illumination is the one obviously producing. Um, Universal's distributes obviously. Yes, but distribution is one thing, mm. and later when they realise, oh, this is huge, we'll just channel all the money mm. into uh, Illumination. We'll get back to the, uh, the 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 reach of Minions mm. later when I'm talking about Japan. <laughs> oh god yeah but we'll, god. We'll, we'll talk about some talk about the dollar dollar bill first then Despicable Me 2 came out and was as you correctly stated Matthew huge yep it is the 46th highest grossing <laughs> film not animated film mm-hmm. film ever yep what the fuck yeah at time of recording that's a that's a astonishing sentence the film we're about to fix <laughs> Spickle Me 3 is the 37th highest grossing film ever madness it's crazy is it the highest grossing film we've discussed is Dark Knight Rises higher than that no it's not no Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to i'm like racking my brains like what have we discussed this is the most fiscally successful film we've ever discussed fuck me jesus christ it's higher than the toy stories oh Oh, no that's not true that's not true i apologize Mm. this film is not higher than the story the The next one is minions is the 20th (laughs) highest grossing film ever (laughs) Thanks. What? Oh. Thanks, Facebook memes. Fucking hell. Oh. It's a terrifying, terrifying statistic, but also one that makes absolute sense because There's those things... One are, thing. Uh, yeah. Children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I... And I hate children. I, see, I don't, I don't think it's entirely children. I, again, Fuck you, in Matthew. the same it's way the that... Kids. I, I think it's uh, Screen Junkies who did it. They did a video where they were talking, interviewing uh, Kristen Week and Steve Carell, and they said, we're going to show you some memes that we have saw on Facebook with minions on them. And they're mm-hmm. like... One's like, oh, the darkness is my only friend. You're like, that's kind of sad. I don't really understand what that's about. And the, ne- the next one was like something like, um, uh, vac- oh yeah, the, the minions don't get vaccinated, so your kids shouldn't get vaccinated either kind of thing. <laughs> and then Carell was like, that's Holy really weird. Shit. And, and it's like, wait, no, these are real? What, these are real? And it's like, yeah. It's like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's like, like it's it's... The, the children are not the problem. It's the it's grown-ups mums that are the Facebook. problem. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the parents and... Uh, without being, you know, gender specific, it, 
it is very mum heavy. It's it the mums on Facebook. Um, let's be real. It's the it's mums net or whatever awful. the fuck it was called. Yeah, it's a it's it's a picture of. A, I should point out it's that really uh, degraded image of like, it's been shared and copied. And yeah, like like full of full of JPEG artifacts. Yeah. Just particles everywhere, and it just says, "Is it one of them like in a in a you know hula skirt sort of thing and coconut mm. bra?" And it says, "It's wine time, ladies." And you're like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah, it's a tiny oh, little suppository. Oh, I hate it so much. But anyway, that's why Minions is such like, a huge, huge, like huge thing. Two of them eating a banana, and it just says, "I'm like, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'd suck dick for money. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen very many. I, f- I follow a, I follow a, uh, an Instagram account that's called uh, um, Facebook T-shirts or T-shirts oh. of Facebook or something like that, and it it's, it it tries to find those auto-generated oh, yeah. T-shirts yeah, yeah. that people I'm get sold on. I'm the best black cat mom who yeah. has a daughter named Sheila who is a Sagittarius, who is a yeah. Sagittarius, <laughs> and is left-handed ever. Hell. Yeah, and it tries to kind of find them in the wild as well. Oh, um, and it's it's just like, yeah, just harvested data. Yes, <laughs> I'd like to see what percentages include the word minions in there. Like, <laughs> probably quite high. So I went to Japan two years ago, and part of that trip was Me I. Too. I went. Oh yeah, not together. Not together. And We're literally I, like three weeks apart. That was very true. Um, I went to Universal Studios. Um, and I'd never been to any Universal Studios before, and they had the the Jaws ride still, and the Jurassic Park ride, park ride was still up, and I was like, this is great. This is a cool experience. My wife enjoyed it, and did the Harry Potter stuff, and it was all very experience. cool. And the thing they just opened, they shut down the, the Back to the Future stuff, and opened a Minion World. And it <laughs> made me so angry. <laughs> how aroused I was fucking the minions <laughs> because they're everywhere and it's so lazy I mean it's got like obviously gross are there people stuff. in suits so many yeah. and, and obviously the thing about Japan as well obviously when um, you, but there's a thing when you go on a date sometimes you go to like a theme park for example it's a good place to go for a date and also to dress the same. So there's so many people there dressed as minions. And it's just it's just so fucking and little painful. dungarees and yep. yellow t-shirts hell. and shit. Um and, and at least they weren't arse out minions. Oh, which again, Despicable Me 3 and Minions does capitalize on so much for some reason. Yeah. Doesn't do the dick out, thankfully. The minions are pretty young. We try not to sexualize them. Well, that's the thing, they're not though. Because they're from the dawn of time. <laughs> And the, minions are also, are, the minions are ageless. We try not to sexualize them. Yeah, yeah. the unknowable entity of the Elder God is, is ageless. Um, and also the fact that they breathe in space. Uh, but they're the, tardigrades. I think that might be the first film or the second film, but they were just literally one of them that like, gets full of helium and sucked into space. And he's just fine. They're indestructible, but also... Oh, they are indestructible, I don't they're a menace, basically. They're a fucking problem. Mm. And also royalty and minions, but we'll get back to that later. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're bad films. Uh, but they the problem is... Buckets they of make money. tons of money, and they're actually not that bad film. The first two are fine. And by that, I mean... The, uh, the, the first one was a surprise. No one expected it to be half decent. Like, actually, this is quite fresh, even though it wasn't fresh at all. And the second one was like, oh, it's the, it's the same thing mm. again, just with a different thing. The world building's quite good. And then Minions comes out, and it's like... Oh, this is fucking terrible. But for some reason, it's made all the money. And then Despicable Me 3 comes out, and it's like, this is atrociously bad. I mean, the other was a harmless, silly, stupid shite. Mm. This is really fucking so, bad. So Minions came 
between two and two three, and three yes. yeah. and, and infected the quality of the general flow of yeah. the films. And then in 2020, later this year, there will be uh, Minions, Minions 2. 2, which... Rise of Gru? Rise of... Yeah. yeah. Rise of, the, of Skywalker. <laughs> um, sh- uh, as I've written the pitch for this episode, spoilers. Mm. Do you guys want to do some Rotten Tomatoes? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, turn the tables on me for once. Matthew. Yeah, spin the tabes. That's not a phrase we're using again. Um, so-, <laughs> <laughs> so first things first. We're never uh, hosting this ever again. Well, you know, I'm spin good. Spin the tabes. Uh, we're going to go with uh, accurate at time of release. But let's say Despicable Me One, the first film. 72. 68. On this occasion, Jack Chambers is in the lead. It was 81 Fucking hell. That's too high. Mm. Despicable me too, gentlemen. <laughs> Just stick with the same number. 72. Um, 70, exactly. I'm going to go 74. Tim has oh, equalised. No. For it is seventy five. Oh fucking hell! That'd be okay. that six percent drop, and I think that's mm. actually quite fair. That's, yeah, that's, that's they're not basically the same. Yeah, level Let, of let's go in release order, shall we? Uh, minions, much lower. Um, sixty. No, yes, I'll stick with sixty. Okay, fifty three. Um, again, Tim has just fuck quenched it. <laughs> Uh, it's 55%. Oh, wow. And that is far too fucking generous. <laughs> that is really... My worry wrong. is that it's going to be... Uh... And then finally, Despicable Me 3, which you guys have obviously seen. So we want like a personal assessment and also what you actually would get. Personal assessment? Sure, why not? Low, terrible, fucking garbage, <laughs> pointless, unnecessary fucking movie. Um... I'm going to guess it's the lowest rated of all of them because people love Minions. I watched some reviews and read some reviews of Despicable Me 3 contemporary and, you know, sure, contemporary, it's two years ago. Um, and a lot of people saying like, well, it didn't live up to the hilarity of the Minions movie. Oh. That's the bar you're setting for yourself? Oh. Off. So I'm going to guess Despicable Me 3 is the lowest. I'm going to go 45. Tim. See, I think there'll be a bounce... Because I think, I think there'll be some people who are like, it's not as funny as Minions. But I think the majority of critics will be like, it's better than Minions was because there's just less Minion That's content. Critics, yeah, of course. Mm. It's so I think sixty personal verdict. I fucking hated this film. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim has won sake. it because it's only three percent higher at fifty eight percent. It is a bit of a bounce, but only a small bounce. Mm. Um, if I was to give it an actual question what I think it is rating out of five I do out of five I'd say Despicable Me 1 is a three or a four I think I would have given it a four at the time because it was different but in truth it's a three yep. it's three out of five Yeah, I think two is also three out of five it's the same fucking thing <laughs> uh, I think Minions is a one out of five I think this Despicable Me 2 is a two out of five only because it's not as fucking horrific as Minions and I haven't seen Minions, but I still yeah, hate this film. I know. Yeah, it, it, As a standalone piece, which is what, how you should obviously judge these things, it is a huge drop-off, so it could be a one out of five. But it is also... Uh, well, we'll get to this in a minute, but <laughs> it's too cluttered, basically. It's Because Minions has a very simple, straightforward, one-note plot. This has six of them, yeah. and they're all quite crap. Yeah. yeah, and none of them 
really join up at nope. all. None of them have anything to do with anything else, and none of them go anywhere, and it's pointless. And they mm. they drag the characters off all in different directions. Like yeah. nobody is really dealing with. It is multiple stories that don't really intertwine very much. And to be fair, yeah. Despicable Me Two does a similar sort of thing at a point, but in a way that makes sense. So in Despicable Me Two, they um, he, he well he is uh, Gru is kidnapped. Uh, this is more for their purposes than yours, I'm afraid, listeners. But maybe we should probably run around. Despicable mm-hmm. Me One, there is a villain in a world of villains, and he is acceptable at doing his job. But he's always bested, it seems, by this guy called Vector, who has stolen the pyramids and replaced him with the blowout version. Um, and he steals the Statue of Liberty, but like the one from Vegas, so it's not as impressive. And then he decides he's going to steal the moon, and in, in order to get the shrink ray, because he's going to the Bank of Evil to get a loan to get it. For some reason. Um, he says, <laughs> oh, you, you can't have that until you have the shrink ray first. That's stupid. The plan doesn't work without the shrink ray. So he's going to break into Vector's place and get it. And notice there's the girls, the girls, going to the... Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I was not ready for that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All I can hear is that typo negative song. <laughs> I goils. <laughs> um, oh, oh. Can you imagine at least your typo negative voicing grow instead? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um so effectively speaking, they can sneak into the base quite easily because they're selling Girl Scout cookies or some shit. Mm. And he basically adopts them and then falls in love with them. Wah, 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 wah. That's as a father. As figure. a father figure, <laughs> not in a weird way. Yeah, yeah well, you know, it's innocent. Mm. Um, so that's the premise of the first one, effectively. Mm. Second film, he is abducted at the start by an agent of the Anti-Villain League and recruited because he thinks like a villain and they can help s- sort of go undercover because there's been this guy... Um, uh, uh, what is it a hijacking of a certain chemical product or something that makes things go crazy and all purple and shit hulk formula sort of stuff um and they go undercover into a mall try and guess who it might be he thinks it's immediately a, a, a mexican dude who runs a uh, restaurant who thinks oh it's el macho it's definitely him he faked his own death uh turns out he's right it is um and the minions are all part of the plan because they make them all evil basically by you know, they're already quite shitty, but they're, you know, <laughs> turn them all purple and more screamy and more loud and stuff. But it's actually fine. And they, sounds, I don't know. That sounds, sounds like torture. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say that. My exact words going in my brain, but that sounds like literal torture. And you're like, yeah. that's torture. So there's that. Mm. And they, they, they cure them with jam. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> then, the, but the girls are trying to How basically... Did we pick three to fix? Because there's enough. This is all shit. Yeah, an, well, let's be fair. That's the thing. It's hard to get a good point. But anyway, then there's three. And three does fall off a very significant cliff. Because two might have a wobbly sort of thing going on there, but it's enough going on that it's fine. And it's very much the same as the first one. So you can't really say, well, it's not a departure because it's like, it's kind of the same thing. But the third one, you end up with so many subplots. So the main story. What's the main story, Matt? Which one? What is the main story? The main story, I think, is that there is a, a kid who was a child star. In okay, the you're, you're picking that one. Interesting. Uh, it's how it starts. The one that's not featured in any of the marketing. <laughs> yeah. At all. Well, no, the first bit of tra- the first teaser trailer was just his heist music. Oh, uh, right. Okay. And it was like what all is this the posters. Thing? And oh no, he's not everything. Yeah. Is Gru and Drew and minions. I mean, obviously. Prison ass Dick, minions. Dicks out minions. <laughs> Hashtag dicks out minions. <laughs> you uh, fucking know those pictures <laughs> exist on yeah. the internet, Jack. Do not tempt people. Rule34.com. Rule yeah. 
No one needs that shit. Oh, um, I hate my life. I so, hate the internet. So yeah, Balthazar Brat is this character and he's obsessed with the 80s for some reason because everything is at the minute. And he's trying to insert thing here. That's my huge. That's instantly my huge problem with this is he loves the 80s because it's cool at the moment. Yeah. It's a trend I, oh, in 2017 oh it, and it just plays 80s songs and he's just like the most vapid interpretation of the 80s because reasons. Yeah. It's a kid's film. The kids were born in like the year 2010 when this came out. <laughs> they don't have nostalgia for the 80s. But this is for the parents, hey, Tim. It doesn't matter well, the because... parents go with the no, kids and then they love even, it. I wouldn't even say that because I think it might be the second film. There is uh, a reference to like, oh, the, all the minions are on an island. This is great. They're having a great time. They haven't been kidnapped. This is, was wonderful. And they're at a bar and a guy turns around with an afro and a big handlebar moustache and goes, hey, does the sort of finger guns. And everyone's like, Fuck this. It's like, oh, it's the love boat. Oh, obviously, because no fucking generation <laughs> of people watching argue this thing, even like the older generation of mums and things, they're not going to know what that is. It's a, it's a pointless... a love boat reference. Yeah. Fucking hell. It's, and, they, and they say like, the 80s stuff, it's like, this is beyond them. Also, I, I've got a point of contention with this, even the Stranger Things, which I enjoy. It's not the fucking 80s. I think the one that got the 80s kind of right in a weird way was Hot Tub Time Machine, <laughs> where John Cusack said, it had, uh, you're thinking of the wrong decade, in front of the 80s had Reagan and AIDS. It fucking sucked. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, the 80s were shit. Balthazar Brat is arguably the main storyline because he's the main central, arguable antagonist of the film. Sort of. He, he propels the story. Yeah, yeah. And the fact they failed to capture him is the reason they chucked out the anti-villain league and they have no jobs and they're yep. worried about how they you know, provide for their doors. Um, and also, he has a twin. And he ha finds out he has a fucking twin, which doesn't has never been mentioned at all. Nope. And doesn't make sense. And there's no reason why the other twin hasn't contacted him in the past. And then we cut off into multiple threads, <laughs> uh, which go all over the place, including one where Agnes and Edith tried to find a unicorn. Yes. And it turns out to be a goat. Yeah. And the goat's really cute. Cops riding pigs. Yeah. Which feels like a statement. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Uh, it's all a bit... Also, I want to point something out here about this the Drew pigs, and Drew thing. Pigs are Drew's minions-ish. Uh, yeah, that's right. Fuck it all. So, Drew, which is basically a slightly more effete Drew with hair. Mm -hmm. The only difference is he has blonde hair and blonde eyebrows. Yeah, and they've immense... And he wears white rather than black. Yes. Yes, entirely. And they have immense sexual tension between each other. And they're both voiced, voiced by Steve Right. Burrell. Why do they have sexual tension? It's terrifying. Ah, look at this guy. I want to suck his dick. Ah! <laughs> Rule 34. You are, oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> it's all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about Gru. Um, something about Gru. Gru and Drew. However, in one of the earlier films, I'm pretty sure it's established that Gru is his surname. Oh, it's, really? It's, it's Felonius Gru. Ah. So who the fuck is Drew? So he's Felonius <laughs> Drew. Or he's Drew Grew. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, stupid. Um, oh, and my... the other subplot is that the minions go to prison because they oh, broke onto oh, a I, film oh, lot. I hate the they broke onto... So uh, 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 they're in Hollywood and they break into a film lot that is inexplicably having a talent show. like a like Called a, Sing? A, yeah. The uh, oh, it's that the film thing with the pigs. No, and stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. That would make too much sense. That would be too obvious. 
They made Illumination made that film, didn't they? See? Yeah. So. Fucking idiots. I, I like Steve Carell perfectly fine. I'm glad that he's been able to buy a second house or a boat <laughs> or like a 15th pay, house and an eighth boat. Pay for his children to go into Ivy League colleges or whatever that <laughs> these films have allowed for. But like. Oh, I think many paid for having picked like the, the scandal recently. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That, but that's that a bit of both, yeah. Um, but like, what the fuck is this voice? And like, he is not. I I imagine that this performance was done in about as like the runtime of the film is ninety minutes. I reckon it took about two hours to record. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if memory serves, I think the original look for the Gru was going to be more of a Count Dracula kind of look. Mm. Hence why Steve Carell might start walking this Eastern European Romanian kind of Transylvanian yeah. voice, and then it became more no one at Bond villain uh, Blofeld esque. Mm. And this is what they came up with. And I will give them this much. The designs are quite interesting because they're very sharp noses and angular look. Yeah. But then like everything these days, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse exists. So everything you do is shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these films are very, very um, uh, flat. But, but Gru as a character, I like him in the first film because he literally <laughs> does terrible things mm. um, somehow. And then he goes on and on and gets melted down, as it were, and then him being it, it ridiculous. But then the problem then becomes it's still, ah, look at my funny voice. Yeah. I am here. Uh, I can't even do it, but you know what I mean? It's, it's just kind of one note, really. Yeah. And in this film, you've got that one note being played twice. Oh, yeah, in stereo. <laughs> look at this guy. He has no hair. I have hair. I have some hair. I have no hair on his hair. He's just off as a baldy. It's like, what the fuck is this? And for some reason, Kristen Wiig's character is besotted. And it's the Homer Simpson, Marge Simpson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lois and Peter thing of like the the main dude is real gross and weird <laughs> and <laughs> just a terrible person. And then like the only good woman he's ever met is like, oh, I'm so in love with you. Fucking hell, come mm. on. And it's also the the kind of the typical thing of Gru does like you say he has a distinctive design like the 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 thing that's important in animation where it's like you can if you see if you see the silhouette of Gru you can probably tell it's him. Well, yeah, it's in the logo, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Lucy's design is just generic woman who kind of looks a little bit like Kristen Wiig. She looks like Lois from Family Guy that's been stretched out a little bit. Yeah. Just a big triangular nose kind of thing. Yeah. You're like, oh, Drew and Gru from Fredonia. That pissed me off so much as well. Who the fuck is the Marx Brothers reference for? Because <sighs> it's that... certainly not for the six-year-olds. No, there's so many references in this thing that goes on everybody's head, and it's we. Okay, let's let's address something here. We give Shrek a lot of shit. <laughs> I still maintain Shrek is the reason we have these films now. Yeah, absolutely. The fucking dance sequences. Absolutely. Yes. This this is this is the the fruit of the rotten vine that is this is why we get angry at Shrek. the fucking yeah. pop culture included in animated films because hey it's a reference how cool how funny yeah. look it's a thing that's in real life but it's in the animated thing mm-hmm. oh they've they've got smash mouth in their universe too oh good it's it's painful and the fact that they don't get what the audience understands which let's face it the the children understand despicable me 
Yeah. But that's kind of all they've seen at this point. Yeah. And then you have the idea of like, oh, here are the other references. And like, these are all fucking 70s TV, American TV stuff. And it's like, it, none of it makes sense. I assume the argument, films. Yeah, the argument from the producers is like, well, the, the adults are going to take their kids to see the films. So we have to include some jokes for the adults too, right? The adults right? are 25. <laughs> Correct. That's the fucking problem. The, is a- that like people my age have kids that would go and see yeah. Despicable Me. And I was born in 1990. Mm-hmm. So I don't get this 80s shit, apart from I know it as references. As you mentioned Stranger Things, Matt, like I have no reference for any of that stuff, yeah. like going to arcades to play arcade games and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know it is a thing that happened, but I don't have nostalgia for it. I can't. Yeah. But there's this weird, like, especially recently, this 80s nostalgia that they're trying to just force upon everybody. It's the law of 30 years, apparently. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Things, um, everything works in cycles. Suddenly all the fashion comes back and the music comes back and everything. Suddenly. It's why Back to the Future in the 80s is so pissing up the 50s with like, and Happy Days doing the same thing in the 70s. And it's very, well, 79 or whatever it was. Um, and the idea simply being that it's because those people are now producers and making stuff. That's the thing. It's like the average age of a TV writer is like 45. Yeah. So, yeah. It, They're out uh, of touch as fuck. Yeah. That's like, oh, man. Yeah. If, especially at stuff aimed at families, make me frustrated because people always say, they use the excuse of like, oh, well, the jokes for the kids are this and the jokes for the adults are this. It is perfectly possible to write funny a funny movie where the jokes are equally funny to adults and children yes like at without referencing pop culture or doing anything like that like pixar does it all the time pixar is a perfect fucking yes, example pixar. like the muppets do it all the time yeah. yep you know they didn't doesn't the start of despicable Me three have a little bit of a jab at finding nemo with the two little clownfish things. It does, things. yeah. Oh, yes, it does, yeah. As if they have any right to say... I mean, yes, to be fair, yeah. they make a fuck ton of money. And yes, Minions made more money than all the Toy Story films. But not put together, but individually. So fuck that. But, <laughs> but at the same time, they haven't earned that. They haven't got no. to the point of, of longevity. Well, they've they haven't... literally earned it, I guess. Well, physically. Fiscally, yeah. sorry, yes, that's F- true. Fiscally earned it. Physically, they've earned it <laughs> by gyrating their dirty Minion bits. Which, let's face it, there's a lot of sexualized minions in these films. There's a lot of sexualization in general. That's true. Which is real weird. It's very weird. The twin sexualization is bad enough. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, mi- minion sexiness mm. is just minions in the shower in prison. Wrong. Yeah, a minion prison shower scene. And all the prison references are weird because kids. There's a it's, fucking West Side Story reference. Yeah, and they all start <laughs> clicking in their little and suits it, and stuff. It's like, Ugh. hey, you know what's you know what's really hilarious? Prison Gang- rape. <laughs> <laughs> Gang culture in prisons. Yeah. Yeah. let's make some jokes about that. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Bear with me. I understand why minions are popular and successful because you want to fuck them. Obviously. One of the films, they crack one in half and shake him and he becomes a glow stick. I think that's number two. <laughs> what? Yeah, like one of the means they're walking down like an air vent and they crack one in half. And he goes, what ah! do you mean they crack him in half? <laughs> His spine goes... That sounds <laughs> violent as fuck. Yeah, because they're like a, like a little... Um, what's the thing? Like a little glow stick thing. And they crack him and, go, and they shake him and he starts glowing. And he goes, oh, what do I do? And walks off. I can understand they're, why the They're fucking... like the mask, basically. Yeah. They I get, just have all the transformative cartoon weird nonsense. cartoon... Mm. Yeah. They're cartoon nonsense... Within a fucking animated film. Yeah. And also, and it, yeah. for the adult's point of view, 
they are children. And I don't mean that in the sense of they're kids, because obviously they're ageless. Oh, no, they're, they're ageless. Yes. <laughs> ageless, Lovecraftian yeah. horrors. <laughs> they're elder gods. But <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but they are effectively they talk, act, fight, mm. squabble like children. And from a positive point of view, they like fruit. And it's the whole idea of like this is a positive oh, thing to have children saying like off. bananas and and oh, like fucking Carmen Miranda as a reference as well with the fruit on her head and like who is this for? Yeah. Anyway, point is it's. It's a silly little kid, like, like literally, like slapped her around, laughing all of a sudden, and slapping him on the face, and, <laughs> and laughing. I mean, they hate something, they all go, <laughs> yeah. It's it feels like it's a kid thing. Little yeah, tiny toddler is safe. It, right. Here's here's a minor <laughs> oh, point that annoyed me. I'm so excited. So, so before we started this episode, Tim sent us a message of, I am so ready to rant about this film, <laughs> and I love every every point you've started is like right 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 <laughs> fist in the air like right yeah okay now i'm ready fucking hell so the whole point of the first film is that <laughs> Gru is a villain and he encounters these girls and yes this is my understanding correct okay so far and, yep. and and develops um a paternal instinct towards correct them. Uh, and yes. so and so becomes less of a villain he, he does at one point to be fair says don't touch that is antique very dangerous but and it's literally like one of those um Iron Maiden huge spikes inside, mm. and then uh, what they think is blood comes out and it's just a juice box uh, and he goes oh well I could still do it with two kids and it's like do the plan as it were I was like that's straight up child murder <laughs> and he don't give a fuck <laughs> and then it's like oh I, I love these girls and it's like anyway to carry on sorry. so yes that is correct so far so far it, you're right yep. in this film mm-hmm. there is a flashback yep by one of the named minions I don't Mel? know Possibly. They name Mel as like the Mel. Yeah, he's the leader of the mutiny. Yeah. 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 So Mel has a flashback. That is in no way in any of the films. It's at gonna all. be in Rise of Gru, right? It's gonna be in the Minion sequel. I we mean, assume. Maybe. Because it it's Willy Wonka and the um like, How have I never made the connection it's Willy Wonka and the fucking Umpa Lumpers? Yeah, really? It's, it's yeah. absolutely that. Oh, it's yeah. it's that because it's uh Tiny creatures working for a boss and mildly xenophobic. Yeah, and also let's face it, Wonka is the ultimate evil. He's yeah, fucked up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, that's a good and point. Like if you take the the unfortunately, the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. Ooh. But at least he's an asshole. Yeah. And he's horrible to the Umpalumpas and he's like talking about how he saved them from the rainforest and forced them to be slaves and all this kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's like did Gru do that to the minions? We'll find out later. We'll yeah. find out. Yeah. Maybe Gru is a monster. What's weird is... now he's fine because of the girls. The girls have made me feel so many things. And now I fuck Lucy <laughs> on the internet. And um, the thing that's interesting is that he only ever speaks to them normally until Despicable Me 3 where he tries to speak Minionese and fucks it up. It's like, wait, what am I saying wrong? Oh, I meant to say this, yeah, not that. they understand English, and he understands Minionese. Yeah. But then he suddenly goes, ah, oh, and they yeah. all go, ha, ha, you don't speak our language, you idiot. I'm like, you all understand each other's languages. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. You're doing this for the sake of the joke, even though you've been doing this for three fucking films now. It's ass. It's frustrating ass. Um, they make jokes that contradict the previous films. And <laughs> yeah. not that I give a fuck about the law or the canon, unless it's Lovecraftian. <laughs> Sign me up for some Cthulian horror of that I'm okay kind of with stuff. that, yeah. It's, it's all a true detective prequel. Um, no, it's all a Watchmen prequel, because everything's a Watchmen prequel these yeah, days. Everything's a Watchmen prequel. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're all yeah. Manhattan. Yeah. Time <laughs> is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> circle. A circle. Circle, girls. <laughs> oh, God. He's Ozymandias. Yeah. I don't give a shit about the canon or the lore of these, but they're very happy to just be like, nah, fuck it. Oh, it literally is whatever just, the story needs it to be. It, um, the, the, the story and the timeline are the minions in that wherever it needs to be at the time, suddenly they can be a glow stick. Correct. Suddenly they can fly. Suddenly they bounce. Mm-hmm. Except when sometimes they splat. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they fly. And you're like, what the to, fuck is going on? To be fair, same thing with the villain and his fucking powers. Uh, that gum is sticky and then it's not sticky. And then it's like rubbery and bouncy and Lucy can jump and over it. And then infinitely inflates and then inflates only a little bit. And, it's sort and then of does sentient. it in a few seconds. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And the villain is shit. The villain is shit. And, and it's frustrating because Trey Parker is very good and South Park still very good. So it's like, how is this I, so yeah, bad? Do you, know, I was, do you know what I twigged watching this? The... Uh, the voice that he does for the villain is just big gay Al turned down to half. Kind of, yeah. I mean, he also looks like Randy. Yeah. Um, uh, Stan's dad, Randy Marsh. And it's just, it's all very eh. Um, and also at the same time, there's also another subplot thing about unicorns and stuff like that, but there's also Margot trying to bond with Lucy as her mother. And she accidentally, in t- typical mm. European way, Eat the cheese. Now you are my smoochie poos uh, glorious we wife. We are betrothed. I you will make... You my son and he come with the cheese. He take the cheese. And, and then... Ah, oh. oh, you disrespect my son. I put a curse on you. And then every, the baby She literally says spits. put a curse on you, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. It's... They're making them travelers and that's really it's not... It's fucking okay. lazy uh, Eastern European bullshit. Uh, and it's painful and it's crap. And the thing is, that it, it, I'm not saying it'd be redeeming if it was funny because that's not right, but... Racism's okay when it's <laughs> as funny. As long as we're all laughing. Um, no, uh, but there's nothing... The jokes all kind of fall flat. There's very little about this film that's mm, actually funny. There was One a couple of times I was, I was watching it with my partner Emma and she was like glancing at it over my shoulder and we were just like... Huh. That's about as much you're going to get. That happened twice. Yeah. And there was, I can't even remember what they were, which says it all. The rest of the time, I was just deathly quiet, staring at this film like, why is it my brain? Is Why? How? It also has a problem. Sorry, it's just popped in my head. It has a problem with spatial awareness. Mm. Uh, Some of it seems to be set in a sort of Los Angeles style place. Mm. Some in a Miami style place. Some of it's sort of internal somewhere. Some of it at sea. And it all, you can get to all these places in a couple of seconds. It's, it's, the, it's the literal lazy bullshit. Um, what, do we, what do we do for his layer? Uh, Rubik's Cube. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. fine. Can it, is it like a floating Rubik's Cube in like a, an atmosphere? Is it constantly twisting and moving so it's a really hard thing to break into? Just a Rubik's Cube in the sea. All right. Maybe it's up high, so it's hard to get to. It's on a, it's on a stick. It's on a stick. Okay. So what happens then? There's missiles, so you can't get to it. So you have to go in like a suit. They go in suits that turn invisible, and then when they get in his bedroom and the alarm goes off for him to do the heist, they don't go invisible again. So fucking stupid. The film forgets everything, it, but from the British previous scene, just yeah. to, for the sake of convenience of the plot. So fucking irritating. And none of it really bleeds into or builds to anything of any actual consequence. Mm. The the film's arc, as it were, starts with... Oh no, we've lost our job because uh, we lost him. We got the diamond, but we lost the villain. And then they get the diamond again, and Drew and Gru are like, oh, you you lied to me. I was brother, and oh, we stole the diamond together. And it's like, 
Well, yeah, but you still didn't get the bad guys. You still <laughs> fucked up. What? What did? What did? And then eventually, if I remember correctly, Brat's eventual defeat is that he's on a bubblegum uh, balloon heading effectively into space. Yes, no, right. They yeah. don't actually imprison him, and somehow they get their jobs back. It's never. I think that's on screen at all, is it? They just happen to be back at the AVL again. No, they do give them their job back on screen. Is it on screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's Coogan right. shows up and does it or whatever. Fuck. They also do the thing of... So Lucy's been an AVL agent lo- far longer than Gru. Yes. Yes. Uh, and yet when they lose the jobs, she comforts him because he's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now. And she gets absolutely nothing. She has nothing. Like, there's no acknowledgement. And he like, must have had sizable wealth when he was just a villain. Yeah. Because... Although he does have to go to the bank. Um... But at the same time, yeah, you're right. There's things like that, for example, that don't actually aren't actually followed through properly. Yeah. Um, in the same way that uh, with the AVL and things, and him being a villain, and yada yada yada, and all the bits and pieces. And then they say, "Oh, do you not know that we have famous family of villains?" No, I did not know this. To be told, oh, it was interesting. Yeah, the most known villain ever. Yeah. Do you think the AVL would have known that when they hired Gru in yeah. film fucking two? <laughs> What's your name? Gru. <gasps> you mean Gru, son of... Oh, I don't know. Gru. <laughs> <laughs> and you look the same. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you look the same with slightly less wispier hair at the side. Oh, so they, fucking dumb. That would have added an extra little thing. Like... If he had been hired by the AVL like towards the end of the second one and setting up the third one, they're like, oh, any fourth one would have been good. Grew, and they all go, <gasps> and that's like the final thing, and then that sets up. And then, yeah. God forbid they actually plan these films out and <laughs> nope. have a thing. We, we should move on to our attempt oh God, at fixing, yeah. but um, one last thing. The fucking music cues in this film. Fuck you! Holy shit. Just like out of nowhere, constant, often playing a little bit too quiet. So you think like, is someone's like, is someone's one of my, my housemates like playing their music really loud in a different room? <laughs> oh no, wait, that is, it's, it's in the film. Oh yeah. no, wait, he's holding a guitar. And oh. to skip briefly back, uh, oh man, so many fucking little snatches of 80s music whenever fucking Balthazar Brat is on the screen. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and to skip backwards to our, um, pop culture things that mm-hmm. f- most of the audience is not going to get. The song that the minions sing at their when they stumble onto the talent show X Factor with min- the toilet minions paper? got talent. Yep, is the fucking I am the very model of a modern major general, but sung in minionese. Yep. Oh, that's right. Of course, it's oh Gilbert my Sullivan. God. Yeah, yeah, because because. <laughs> and they don't. They don't even bother changing. Like that. It's not different lines. They're just replace it, repeating the same line. It's it's if the it's as if the song was. I am the very model of a modern major general. I am the very model of a modern major general. I am the very model of a modern major general. I am the very model of a modern major general. Like, broken. <laughs> the, the thing is, I would say that's also present in the first two, but not as bad. Is there one point where I, again, correct me if I'm wrong? Is there one point where the robot? Is it Clive? Clive, yeah, the, yeah, Balthazar's little sake. companion has, and they're playing heist music, yes. and it's a tape playing. Um, Take my breath away. I want to say. Correct. Yeah. And then it's like this is a high music. It's love songs. And he turns over. 
except he turns it horizontally, Correct. not vertically. And, and as a <laughs> child of the 80s, that doesn't work <laughs> at all. Yeah, you I mean, wouldn't like, be able the, to put the cassette so back the, into no. the... So the script writers are from the 80s, but the animators are not <laughs> from nope. the 80s. And, How do you uh, flip a tape? Like that? that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, swivel. Um, but uh, I must admit, them, a lot of this budget must have gone just having... Is it Thriller or Beat It? No, it's... Uh, it's bad. 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 That's what it's, yeah, bad. Fuck's sake. That didn't age well. No. For kids. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody also and this uh, this is a very minor point oh, they use moonwalks off. <laughs> they use the uh the when grew finally gets hold of the the key tar of power oh yeah he blasts balthazar and it's the guitar the start of uh money for nothing but they don't bother playing the whole riff Nope. They just cut it off halfway through. That bit, it's why like, I just told them that's it. That's it, yeah. It's, it's frustrating it, as fuck. It, it's like as if they're like fucking a minor YouTuber who can't afford the music rights. And so mm-hmm. he's only doing like, I'll do 15 seconds, but then cut it off because I, and then we'll just go fair use, fair use, fair use. <laughs> and hope we don't get sued. Also, that, as you correctly said, Tim, is a guitar riff, mm. not a guitar riff. It makes no fucking no. sense. Here's, here's an interesting... Also, com- they robbed Sting of his little I want my MTV at the beginning of the song, which is the best bit. This is true. <laughs> the um the thing that sort of... Uh, as a parallel. In Frozen 2, there is a scene... You guys haven't seen Frozen 2? We've not. Okay. I have no intention of seeing Frozen There is a scene where Kristoff gets a song and the whole thing is a parody of sort of 80s power ballads kind of things. But it's silly bullshit. And the kids just say, oh, it's funny because it's funny because the, the the moose is singing in his head. You know, like, a reindeer, not moose, sorry. <laughs> That's a different film. Uh, the reindeer singing in his head. He's, you know, he's, he's like, oh, okay, I understand. It's a sort of fantasy sequence. Uh, but it's very much, you know, picture in picture kind of, you know, that kind of style. Mm. And it, is, it even has the... Um, Visual reference of Bohemian Rhapsody with the, the multiple heads. Okay. On the right, background. okay. Yeah. But this film doesn't have that. It doesn't have a single sequence. It's like, okay, this is an in-joke for the parents and they're going to kind of mostly get it. It's fine. They're, it's just a case of like just 80s, 80s, 80s. Mm. As remembered by people who don't remember the 80s very well. Because the 80s is full of horror. Mm. 80s was not a good place. Everyone remembers the 80s being a neon jungle of fun. Can you imagine if Balthazar Brat died of AIDS at the end? (laughs) (laughs) I'll get you, girl. Oh, no, lesions. (laughs) I mean, it's it's genuinely interesting because these were bad. People like, like, in Britain especially, it it was not a neon jungle of fun. It was a grey-ass nightmare with those bopper things that kids had in the heads and and margaret thatcher margaret fucking thatcher and mines closing and shit it was a yeah it was a hellscape and you got the the greed is good yuppies in the states yeah none of that shit is present it's all like (laughs) oh look at these colorful shoulder pads it's like fuck off balthazar brat just constantly worried that um ronald reagan is gonna have like a Alzheimer's attack and launch a nuke at someone. <laughs> yeah, that's what you'd be worried about. The the fucking Cold War. Yeah, that's why that's why Watchmen came out of in the first place. Yeah. Um, also, what is both Balthazar's hair with its like mullet and it's a also mullet flap top combination? Yeah, it's with it's a atrocious. bald spot at the back. Yeah, it's atrocious. Fucking atrocious. Um, we and probably they play have... that bald spot for laughs, and I'm like, it doesn't make sense because he's old now. I guess sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
and it achieves nothing. But then to be fair, this is also the same show that implies, um, I've been a bad boy. And then it cuts to him in puberty. I've been a bad boy. It's like, and you what just rolled the whole episode at this point? And he, no one put him in makeup and shit. Obviously, I know it's you know ridiculous to try and even uh, start to apply logic Un- and physics unpack. to this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But ultimately, it's like, it's like, yeah, this is funny, right? It's like it's funny to you because you're a writer who's 45, going on 50, and have a bald patch, and you're like, ah, oh, it's not like it was when I was a Mal kid. Male pattern baldness, am I right, kids? Uh, yeah, kids, you get that? Here's minions in prison. Uh, when the when the guys walk in the prison cell, I'm oh, sorry, in the in the prison shower, and they're just walking in really, you know, tentatively. Like, oh God! I thought, are they doing a drop the soap joke? Which I've never really fucking cared for. It's so stupid. The, the, the implication is such one of utter 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 homophobia. Like, mm. if you even accidentally present your anus, someone goes come straight in there, and it might be a minion. Don't know what message that's sending to kids. Yeah. I'm not like getting too preachy about the imp, you know impression for children and that sort of stuff, but. It, if the, you ever go to prison, start a gang. That's what we've learned. Yeah, yeah. and get payment of gold bars and yeah. other things. Extort, extort your fellow prisoners. Get tattoos. Oh yeah, tattoos are bananas and shit on your wobbly anus. Yeah, <laughs> fucking, and then escape on a giant ship. Oh, it's so fucking dumb. It's a dumb film. Well, since it's such a dumb film, Matthew, why don't you fix it for us? Yeah, why don't you fix it for us, Matthew? Why don't fix you it? fix it, man? Right. Here we go. Uh, you'll be happy to know that there's some major fucking changes in our version. Um, I'm quite happy with it, I'm not going to lie. But it is, and this is the key thing we talk about when we, do, we fix these films. It feel it should feel like a Minion sequel. It can't just be like, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to do an entirely different thing and it feels like a fucking Miyazaki film. And you're yeah. like, well, that's not going to work. It's a quiet, meditative piece <laughs> yeah, exactly. on the nature of growing up and fatherhood. Yeah, exactly. Set in the Japanese countryside. Yeah. Yeah. Fredonian countryside with all the pigs and the policemen. You my daughter and also fucking hell. So go on a match up on Mount Fuji. Before we get started, Jack, we should actually talk about our sponsor. Hey, they're back once again. Yes, they haven't got sick of us yet. No. Only two, only two episodes in. Because we're glorious. Fine. Yeah. Glorious in our second episode. <laughs> and it's because um, all of our listeners have gone to... Uh, they, they've actually complained about how inundated they've been with, yeah. with the problem. We crashed their servers, yeah. I believe. They, the, they the said phrase. they were losing horrible amounts of money because of all the free trials. <laughs> You're welcome, Stitcher. Yeah. So Stitcher Premium is a service you can use for any of your podcast needs. Obviously, there's us. We're on Stitcher. We are. Obviously. We have been for a long time. For a long now, time, yeah. 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 It's one of the main kind of things. I think it's... Uh, Pretty synonymous with the podcasting scene now. You kind yes. of go like, oh, it's Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes. Mm-hmm. Stitcher is like the number like it's very number hard, two, yeah. number three, like top, top kind of exactly. podcasting apps. It's well regarded in that sense. They're an established so. name for a reason as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously we've been on there for a very long time. Uh, we've been using the app ourselves to listen to various things. Um, and it's good. It's a good app. It's solid. Mm. It's also nice that you have a lot of shows on there with original content specifically made for that app specifically mm. so then you have things like you know additional episodes additional content um ad free episodes stuff. exactly yep. yeah mm. um there's some shows i mean tim you had a show that you wanted to yeah i'm about. i'm a big fan of uh how did this get made uh which is another bad movie podcast kind of horning in on our territory yeah, kindred spirit okay. yeah. ignoring the fact that they've been around longer than us. yeah <laughs> and, uh, and uh actual famous hollywood people but like really fucking big yeah, yeah. podcast deal 
But I think I've heard one of theirs before. I can't remember which one it was for, but it was because they do it in front of live audience in Los Angeles, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are done yeah. in front of live audience. Just like us, right, guys? Just yeah. exactly like us. We've got a very, very quiet live audience. Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes Matt's wife from a few rooms <laughs> away. This is true. Yeah. And the ghost. Yeah. Uh, Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a callback, listeners. Um, um, yeah, but if if you're a fan of ours, you're probably a fan of theirs as well. And obviously, it's very likely getting getting those good ad free episodes hmm. um, is a, a nice little bonus. Yeah. So if you take your podcast seriously and you are thinking to yourself, actually, I I would like a service and just haven't knuckled down and got one yet, Stitcher is a solid one to go with. And obviously, in the process, you can help us too. So if you go on to preferably the website, um, Stitcher dot com slash premium and go on there and there'll be two different payment options there is the monthly option of five dollars and that's dollars a month or four ninety nine four dollars and ninety nine cents per month i rounded up far too high or alternatively it's thirty four ninety nine per annum or year if you're not latin <laughs> <laughs> and basically yeah famous so latin shout, man Matt shout Duncan. out to all our latin speaking <laughs> listeners yeah nothing wrong with that don't disagree. They've got an amazing audience. Veni, vidi, vici, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so effectively speaking, you can go on there and you type in the code SEQUELIZERS, S-E-Q-U-E-L-I-S-E-R-S. Nailed it, Matt. Well done. I was worried in the middle. I was going to start going <laughs> B, 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 just cry. Um, yeah, so you then get the first month for free. And then obviously after that, it's the program you've uh, uh, assigned for. But basically, yeah, it's a really solid service. We approve thoroughly and anything you can do helps the show in general. So thank you very much. And I look forward to you really discovering more podcasts and then saying actually guys i haven't had a lot of time to listen to your own podcast because i've been caught up in some other things and we're like damn you stitcher you've ruined our fucking listenership <laughs> <laughs> don't forget us listen yeah, make sure us. make sure you subscribe to us when you join it yeah please do please please and it's really b- easy to subscribe there's just a big tick button it's really helpful like, yeah it's and you so can sort easy. out you can create playlists and stuff mm-hmm. it's really handy and downloads as well mm-hmm. it's very helpful it's so easy a minion could do it. What? Speaking of which, so I have taken the lead on um, on this episode to do write the pitch. Thank you for doing that, Matt. Because fucking hell, you're very very welcome. I'm keeping the release year of 2017. Oh, okay. I kept the release year from episode one in 2012 for Dark Knight Rises. So, yeah, so on brand so far. Yeah. I kept the title Despicable Me Three. Now, admittedly, <gasps> I'd like to go something different, but it would be very out of out of. Yeah. Tune with the whole thing. Gross adventure with Lucy. Despicable Me Threesome. (laughs) Despicable Rule 34. (laughs) So the returning cast is Gru, played by Steve Carell. Felonious Gru, if you will. Felonious Gru. There's Lucy Gru, played by Kristen Wiig, or voiced by Kristen. There's Dr. Nefario, voiced by Russell Brand, who is not in the third film at all. He's frozen, Which is, isn't he? We, yes, yeah. Because he's, he's actually quite funny. He's carbonite frozen, isn't yeah. he? Because he did it by accident. He, for fuck's sake. Um, and again, oh, Star Wars reference. Star Wars, yeah, exactly. Oh, look, 80s again. Um, he, Nefario, I've actually found quite amusing in the first two films. He's mm. also a complete cunt. Yeah. That may be a bit excessive, but... Um, eh. So we're bringing, uh, we are keeping Silas Ramsbottom, being voiced by Steve Coogan. And Margot, Edith, and Agnes, voiced by Miranda Cosgrove, Dana Geyer, and Nev Shirell. Um, or Neve Shirell. Maybe it's Neve Shirell. Who knows? And the new cast, there's only one. Oh. Is it Steve Carell again as the other brother? Uh, no. No. It is Christopher Lambert <laughs> as Drew Brew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You missed that trick, my friends. <laughs> I am from... 
Fredonia. Scotland. <laughs> okay. Oh. You haggis. You old peacock. Uh, no, it is in fact going to be the voice of Amy Poehler. Oh, nice. Uh, a new character called the Clockwork Queen. Is that how she talks? Uh, no, just sound like Amy Poehler. Okay, yeah, nice. Right, uh, we're now going to give you our pitch. The film opens with the thrilling culmination of a months-long plan to infiltrate and shut down the Bank of Evil, as seen in film one and never again. Planned by the <laughs> Anti-Villain League. Heading up the operation are Agents Gru and Lucy Gru. Grucy, <laughs> <laughs> if you will. That joke oh. is not in the film. Now, how is that couple name not Grucy? How does that I'm, come up? The portmanteau. I'm, Pretty sure they mentioned that. They do, the yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they like, do. Yeah, yeah. The third one yeah. is like, it's like, um, Grusy, you're putting reaction. Oh, what oh, is Grusy? Yeah, what does do. this work? Oh, yeah, they do. Gru and Lucy. Oh, oh I kind of like it a little, not a lot. I don't like it. You know, my review oh, of this film. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Agents Gru and Lucy, who have proved themselves a formidable team, somehow. Re- uh, returning to the AVL under a shower of praise, there's no time for Gru and Lucy to, to rest as Silas Ramsbottom assigns them a new case, tracking notorious villain the Clockwork Qu- Queen. Qu- 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 Queen. The Clockwork Queen, which is CQ for short. Uh, so you never have to say that in never script. Clockwork yeah. Queen. Lucy knows the name and that CQ has somehow bested every AVL agent sent after her because her steampunk setup is largely immune to modern technology. And Lucy knows this because she's a fucking agent who's been an agent for a long time. Hey, she's an actual character. And Gru is also aware of the villain because obviously he's a villain and is more than up for the challenge. Back home, the Goyles <laughs> are becoming disconnected uh, from Gru's each from other. from New York, everybody. Goyles. <laughs> Goyles. Uh... Margot is consumed by academia and teenage life. Edith is hooked up to her phone. And Agnes is attempting to rehabilitate the minions with uh, and Dr. Nefario uh, to turn them away from villainy. While the kids occupy themselves, Gru and Lucy plan a mission to draw CQ out. Despite this operation being planned with the same detail and efficiency as the opening uh, scene takedown, it turns out to be a colossal failure. Rather than taking the bait... CQ takes the opportunity to break into AVL headquarters and seizes the funds acquired during the Bank of Evil operation, boasting that she was underestimated and will always be one step ahead. In the wake of the loss of billions of dollars, a higher international agency step in to oversee the AVL and Gru is immediately scapegoated as likely in collusion with CQ owing to his supervillain past. But Ramsbottom reminds them that their authority only stretches so far. With all operations suspended, Gru and Lucy return home to the Gorals fighting. <laughs> it works every time. It it's does. Like, <laughs> I hope we each get to say it like five times in this script. The parents intervene and worry that they have focused too heavily on their careers and not on the children. <laughs> Margot admits that things are different, but the nature but that's the nature of growing up. Moved by this, Gru and Lucy quietly comment that they are proud of Margot's development into a young adult. Edith, overhearing this, storms off and snaps at her little sister, causing both her and all the minions, of course, to cry uncontrollably. In the chaos, Edith steals a ship and runs away from home. The next day, Edith's departure becomes apparent and her absence causes immense panic. In that moment, the overseeing agency raid Gru's home. We then learn that Edith has piloted the ship to a giant clock tower in the middle of a mountain range, the lair of the Clockwork Queen. Of course I wrote that out again. (laughs) CQ isn't happy to see Edith. 
stating they have a distant relationship, but Edith goes on to say that nobody understands her. CQ takes pity on her and asks if she would like to be an honorary sidekick, the Clockwork Princess. Their first mission is to send the vehicle into outer space and blow it up to avoid being tracked, which Edith does and revels in the destruction. Gru and family are put up in a motel while they are under watch, to everyone's chagrin. Lucy is reviewing footage from previous agents who came closest to locating CQ's lair and hits on a clue with the assistance of Margot. Agnes then bursts in, having successfully rehabilitated Kevin the Minion and highlights that now he only wants to help people. Nefario comes in crying, confirming her now-perfected method to be flawless. <laughs> the family then avoid detection and head off to the location, leaving Margot, Agnes and the Minions to find Edith stating she is a big girl who can take care of herself and the one they trust the most to stay out of trouble. Edith and CQ devise a new plan to use the recently acquired resources to replace every AVL agent with a clockwork replica before replacing world leaders, all subservient to the clockwork queen. Agnes, Margot and the minions go to the police to put out a missing persons report for Edith. Hijinks ensue, something to do with... Bananas. <laughs> I literally thought I'm not writing. I that feel now. like that's like, half of this fucking script of the original film. It's just hi, Jackson Shoe. Uh, dot 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 bananas. Yeah, exactly. Fuck Some, something with uh, yeah, <laughs> bum holes. Exactly. Lucy and Gru arrive at the lair and carefully infiltrate the Clockwork Tower. They quickly find Edith and suspect she's been kidnapped. Lucy signals Margot, but Edith uses a steampunk projectile to shoot the communicator and tips off CQ. The villain detains the trespassers and explains Edith's feelings to them before relaying how similar they are to hers, which started a kinship between them. They connected over a social media group and slowly Edith began feeding CQ classified information. CQ then enacts the plan, and although Edith has momentary second thoughts when she learns that this will include both Gru and Lucy, CQ assures her that this is the plan they came up with together and they must see it through. The master plan starts failing for some unknown reason. We then reveal the minions, dressed as caped superheroes, swarming the production line. Agnes and Margot received enough of the message. Because and toys, Matthew, because toys. toys. Got much, that merchandise. <laughs> Agnes and Margot received enough of the message and have arrived to help. Edith, frustrated by her sister's interference, alters the plan somewhat, trying to prove a point. No longer happy with world leaders, Edith sets the machine to replicate all human life. Margot and the minions break Gru and Lucy out of their cell and fight the various clockwork henchmen. Edith, angry at everyone around her, has the clockwork queen herself restrained as well, stating she is just like the others. As the plan is approaching completion, Agnes appears with Kevin and reveals her rehabilitation method is just a long hug with the words, you are enough. Oh, Meme. <laughs> oh, God. You're just creating toys and memes <laughs> like a good despicable me writer. <laughs> Edith is immediately reverted back to herself, bursting into floods of tears in her sister's arms. CQ is also moved by the scene, realising that villainy doesn't fill the hole left by the lack of affection she felt from her own family. Gru, Lucy, Margot and the minions burst into the control room, but CQ holds up a hand and explains she will fix this. Edith corrects her and says, this is our mess, we will fix this. The mighty machine is eventually powered down and the day is saved. Edith apologises to Gru and Lucy, who apologise too. Watching the family hugging in a huddle, CQ admits, this is beautiful, but the minions arrest her, to which she responds, yeah, that's fair. At the AVL, 
Silas presents an award and an honorary position to Agnes, who is teaching her method to operatives. Later at home, Gru and Lucy muse what they would ever do if the world ran out of villains, as the girls <laughs> run around the house. Gru puts his arm around his wife and says, This would be enough. So I've tried to basically make something that is very much akin to the Minion franchise or the Despicable Me franchise at this point that is actually hopefully somewhat tolerable in some form. So there's pro number one. Go ahead. There aren't twins trying to fuck each other. <laughs> it's not Game of Thrones. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a primary focus now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Problem number one. Solved. Female characters. The, the rules actually... always pay their debts. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. In bigs. <laughs> the female characters in your version actually have stuff to do. And are like integral to the plot. And have relationships with each other. And this film probably passed the Bechdel test. <laughs> unlike most of the other films. Mm-hmm. And this is this I think this would work quite well as kind of like a an inspiration for young women because it it brings that kind of you've got Lucy as a character that's kind of the the mother figure mm-hmm. the clockwork queen is then the kind of i turned bad because my family was bad or they treated me badly sure, or however sure. you want to word that and then Edith and Agnes are then the two sides of those two coins as well mm-hmm. and they bring it all together really nicely and i think it works really well that's very kind yeah, I, I thought this was so much better than the um, <laughs> the original Despicable Me three. Um, it, it's a it low has, bar, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a low I bar to clear. It, but, um, uh, it's it's Pole got vaulted. it's got a coherent plot, which Despicable Me three does not. Mm. Like it, it, everybody is more or less trying to do the same thing, concerned with the same like yeah. ideas. Um, I think it's got some good messages in there for kids and enough scope for like stupid minion hijinks as well which is really yeah. what this film the film series seems it, to center on without it it wouldn't feel like one of these movies yeah again. exactly yeah. i would also like to think this was the last one i would mm. say that this was like a trilogy and it ended yeah would be pleasant i, would, I think it would round out quite nicely mm. i wouldn't want to do what about one. the money matthew <laughs> think of all the billions they could make with despicable me 36 <laughs> fucking hell yeah i mean things go until they stop making money that's true that's how things work these days. Until you, until you bleed it dry. Yeah. Yeah. And if it bleeds, we can kill, kill it. it. <laughs> <laughs> the new sequelizer's tagline. Give me, uh, these are all very nice thoughts and mm. comments. Thank you, guys. I appreciate them greatly. Give me, some, give me some negatives or comments or problems that you have so I can... Because, I, can, I mean, at the end of the day, we're obviously we're trying to fix this bad mm. film. Um, what about... Okay, let's, let's take Amy Poehler, for example. Because I was toying with the idea of, like, Judy Greer, for example, someone like mm. that. Poehler just came to mind and thought, yeah, she'd be appropriate. And I thought, oh, and Poehler's also in... Uh, inside Out and stuff. Maybe that's too obvious. Would you think of... Actually, I wanted to go Tiffany Haddish or something, but I thought, oh, she's in Lego Movie 2. Mm. And also, I don't want to make a black lady the villain. It's, yeah. I yeah. felt yeah. a bit... You know, but, but yeah, any thoughts? With, are you happy with that? Or would you have someone else? Or? I think because you're going with the kind of... And they do in general with Kristen Wiig and Steve Carell. Yeah, it's yeah. the kind of American comedy scene, isn't it? It's the SNL of a scene. And you mentioned Tina Fey earlier, obviously, in, in the second one. And kind of like, there's that kind of through line there. Amy mm. Bowler is also in that similar kind of vein. Mm. I was thinking maybe like Chelsea Peretti would work quite well as well. Interesting. I wouldn't buy a problem with that. That'd be all right. Because um, she's kind of younger and kind of, I'm thinking kind of her um, Brooklyn she, Nine-Nine character where... She went more in touch with the character like Edith. Yeah, she, yeah. She, mm. she's trying to be down with the kids and that's how she kind of brings Edith in. And she could Peretti's like, a good show. I, I really like Chelsea Peretti and mm. she's just this 
kind of force of nature in terms of that. She does that brilliantly in Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nine Nine is yeah, kind of thing I'm thinking of. She and plays yeah. a mobile phone in uh, in Big Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which is interesting, but it, it works out really well. It's, it's the kind of thing like, oh yeah, that is her. It's the kind of thing you probably wouldn't know until the end of the film and go, shit, Chelsea mm. Peretti. Yeah, mm. that makes sense. I like that. Do yeah. you have anything you want to... Are you happy with that? Or do you, would you... Yeah, I, I think it, it depends on what vibe you're going for with the Clockwork Queen, obviously, because mm. I think you could do... like Obviously, she's meant to connect... I was with... thinking Sasha Baron Cohen in the yeah. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland sequel. <laughs> um, she's meant to connect with Edith. Yes. Um, so I think younger works. Um, but you could potentially also go kind of like older and have go for a more kind of a, a similarly maternal vibe. A doting grandparent kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, part of me would like to see like Lily Tomlin. Uh, oh, that's not a bad run. That's yeah. not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Jane Fonda. Yeah. I'm going to go like Joan Collins. That's not a bad idea. Like that. Mm. Yeah, one or the other, definitely. Mm. I think I, I was initially concerned when I wrote the thing about they hooked up on social media. Mm. Hooked up. Uh, connect on social media. Mm. I think would a clockwork person have that? It's like, well, yeah, if you're doing undercover shit, trying to, you know, pollute yeah. the mind of someone who's dead. I assume she would have a clockwork phone. And yeah, you could probably yes. This universe just allows, just it like, just allows it to work. oh, it's it's face clock or clock book or whatever the hell you call it. Some like, old bullshit yeah. like that, yeah. 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 You, yeah could do, you could do a fun visual gag of like a Facebook feed that is actually like a big scroll on clockwork yeah. things or whatever. It's a wax cylinder going around yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be quite cool, actually. That would work. Yeah. Okay, I approve of that. Um, got like an old style like camera with like the full like black cloak that you oh, put over yeah, yourself. So the dunks. But, yeah, Selfie. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although that joke was done in that fucking awful Holmes film with uh, Holmes and Watson, was it? Oh god, that yeah. Was a terrible movie. But moving on. Um it, it the the kind of the, the plot puts quite a lot of pressure on kind of Agnes True. to almost makes her the main character in some ways. Mm. Or kind really? of co- Edith. Uh, sorry, Edith, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so it put, puts a lot of pressure on Edith as as True. a kind of having being a, a well-rounded character who can kind of turn evil for understandable reasons and then yeah. and then come back from that. She's the one that has the, the probably the biggest character arc in this film. Isn't very yeah. true, very yeah. true. And you, that might feel a bit unusual. I think it's because she's the most underdeveloped. So in the first two films, Margot is the older one, therefore mm. she's the responsible one. She mm. also has the the love interest in the second film, which is this boy and the third and, one. Uh, true <laughs> different but true because in the second film she falls like for a guy mm. and it, it it doesn't work out at all mm. and she's like she feels really cut up and then she goes to you know and then they just rehash it again badly in the third one and agnes is always just there to be adorable and mm. you know hunt for fluffy shit unicorns unicorns um whereas edith is almost always kept edith is the um the buttercup of the group, if you're one of the Powerpuff Girls. Um, one, uh, Margot is is um, Blossom, Edith is Buttercup, and Agnes is Bubbles. And she's therefore left out. But in the start of the second film, there's a birthday party and the princess mm-hmm. doesn't turn up and Gru has to be like, I am a princess, sparkles thing. Grusinkabella or something? Grusinkabella or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Grusinkabella or something. Fucking hell. But the point is this, that starts with her, um, Edith, doing an assault course for like bear traps and shit, being like a ninja and things. Mm. And she's very much that sort of like dark, edgy, disruptive the middle. The toughest fighter. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that disruptive middle kid. Mm. And it's like, it made sense to have her do something and be something mm. and have Margot 
becoming the more mature role and uh, Agnes just being like, oh, we can put this fluffy, adorable cuteness to actual good use mm. and have a purpose behind it. And it, it makes sense that you'd have that kind of ignored middle child vibe be the one who gets like tempted away by yes. someone it's, else. It's Chronicles of fucking Narnia mm. <laughs> with Edmund. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's effectively something that's very familiar, hopefully very simple, but also because these are actors who do the voice acting mm. rather than just like some random kids. I mean, they're like 20-year-old women. So I, was, I, was, I did look up and i was like who is it it's like dana Geyer who yeah, does yeah, the voice yeah, i was right. like how old is she because yeah. you know <laughs> is she six yeah. oh no <laughs> no they're able i think they'd be more than capable of pulling that off mm. in terms of that. and i think it's the thing you wouldn't and in the same way that the characters say it she'd be fine we trust her the most because she mm. can take care of herself and it's like that's where you failed as a parent mm. and then i did like how maybe spend more time with ourselves rather than and, and the jobs and the careers because i don't i don't mind the bit in despicable me three where they lose the job and they're like, uh, they invited us not to work there anymore. Mm. I like that line a little bit, actually, for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. And they're like, oh, I I, I can help. I'll sell this off. I got $2. Mm. And it's like, that's really sweet. You're you're trying to help mm. with adult problems and you're really not helping at all. Yeah. You're literally just, this is, it's <laughs> it's quick, it's cute, but it's fucking useless. And I think that's like a nice... Just pick with me three. Hey! Mm. And I think that's very much the case of what we have here with the, with the characters. We can make them actually functionally people and more importantly that this big one two and three does not do make them grow up a little bit mm. into the i mean agnes becoming a little bit more of a um preteen sort of role rather than the toddlery kind of thing mm. have um edith become a difficult teenager and margot becoming more of a young woman kind of situation mm. rather than just they're the same unaging characters every single time yeah so yeah it felt a little bit like maybe Gru and Lucy get kind of sidelined in all the action at the end. They do. I think by the end of it, it's very difficult to know what to do with everybody because it's an ensemble. Yeah. And ultimately, I thought about them breaking themselves out and all sorts of different... Mm. But I like the idea of them being, you know, these great agents and they're great with the heist and plans, but they have a blind spot, which is their kids, and mm. they're always a little bit like trying to be good parents and at a loss, and they end up, you know, caught mm. and captured and like, we've kind of really fucked up here mm. ultimately mm. the um i think it's always tricky and it's something that will spoilers come back to later in the season oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. um i think it's always tricky if you have a kids film where you have both adult and kids characters yes um because i think that i i, I don't believe the kind of um prevailing hollywood sentiment that kids are only interested in in a film if there's kids in it bullshit yeah um i think kids are perfectly fine like identifying with grown-ups in a film kids will watch things with animals that talk yeah they're not fucking adults or children they're just animals yeah but i think it's tricky if you put if you have protagonists like if, if you're trying to follow like the parents and the children at the yes. same time i think there's there's a weird split of loyalties um yeah. in 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 when one is on screen, you're going to get yeah. bored of something. My logic was, I uh, maybe I didn't do this similar thing. Like, uh, maybe I need to do more with these characters. Like, it's running mm. on enough. It doesn't go on too. This will be in the too yeah. long the film. Right. Yeah. And I thought to myself, this is also kind of what happens in Incredibles too, and it's fine in that film. And I'm like, yeah, that eh, kind of works. But then ultimately, no, it's not fine in that film because obviously you, you want it to be the the kids' story and them stepping mm. up and stuff. And the only to do that is to mm. sideline the adults. Mm. The kids have an actual. It forces them into that situation. Um. But yeah, I can, I can see certainly where you're coming from with that. It makes complete sense. I really like the way of using Agnes to be this kind of uh, <clears throat> driving force behind the rehabilitation stuff. 
it does feel like it ends a bit quickly. Like yeah. Edith goes, she like turns on CQ and then it's suddenly mm-hmm. like, oh, now you fuck me, I'm fine. But I guess that's kind of the point of that rehabilitation thing is that maybe yeah. all she needed was a hug and a that, you, you are it's enough. It's the simple kind of moral value of the kids film. Like kids can understand I'm angry and I don't know why and I'm sad and I don't know why, but I kind of <laughs> just want someone to hold me and say it's fine. And and it it sounds diminutive and maybe sort of a little insulting to like the the complexity of kids stories sometimes, but most of the time that's the shit that gets through quite easily. Yeah, that was the thing that went through my head is like, oh, that's a bit cheesy and patronizing. Oh, it's a kids film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah, it's because w- I'm a fucking thirty. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I agree. It's the kind of thing I like. It, it, and again, like the, the callback of like you are enough, and any other film like mm. it would be enough unless you're doing a film. Of a, as I say, like a Ghibli esque sort of film, that where you can get deep even, and interesting, even a Paddington kind of film, oh. where you put a lot of layering in from the some start. people's film of the decade, mm-hmm. yeah. Paddington Padding- or Paddington Two. Um, People love that shit. Yeah, it's, it's surprising, but they're not they're not genius, but they're they're pretty good. People fucking love those movies. That's true. I don't think Paddington One and Two combined made a, the same amount of money as Despicable Me One. Agreed. I think you're right there. Yeah, yeah. I think that would probably yeah. be accurate. Anyway, um, but the thing is, you can only do so much to pivot mm. unless you're doing such a really big... And let's face it, no one walks into a room and says, aliens isn't like alien, how dare you? You can't do that at all. <laughs> we could turn around and literally do a... We could do a Bumblebee style thing and completely say, how do you fix Transformers? Bumblebee. Mm. That's how you fix it. Put it in the 80s and... Where, where the trans- 80s fixes everything. Well, it's where Transformers are from. As we've learned makes Despicable Me 3. Yeah, that's true. And that one makes sense for that for that for that uh, specific franchise, and all that sort of stuff. And it's like no, that, that works. And you make one story of an alien and a kid, kind of you know. Mm. Also, also Bumblebee, from if memory serves, deployed its eighties nostalgia very sparingly and quite accurately. It was very good at doing it. That's correct, and yeah. it made it a relatable film as well. At the same time, it needs to still feel like a Despicable Me film. Mm. As much as I would like it to be a much more mature, sensible, uh, mm. maybe more nuanced. Despicable Me film. I don't know if there's. I'm not saying you can't do it because other franchises have as well, but I think it would just feel like such a fucking tonal whiplash. Mm. Oh yeah, it would. It's not like you say, "How do we fix Despicable Me 3? Make it Toy Story. It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> you kind of can't do that, really. Mm. And we do. You can have elements of it, obviously. Um, but that's my my thought pattern. But you're, yeah, I think it's it's it is very corny and cheesy, but I think that's very fitting. For kind me. of the point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, making it simple and relatable without being insulting and condescending, that sort of thing. So my my last worry uh, with this is that by combining steampunk and minions, you would <laughs> you would unleash some kind of new internet subculture. More hang, powerful. Hang, hang the it's fuck It's like on a Tim. cross crossbred virus. You uh, know, I am literally as we talk, I'm going to Google steampunk, steampunk minions. minions, and I bet you there's fucking there's something absolute, already. There's millions already. Absolutely. Holy shit! <laughs> there is tons of it. Of course there is. Oh my god! That's how they go. That's how they break in. Like like hey, and like laughing and smacking each other like dressing with the, in the corpses of the steampunk people. Jesus Christ! Look at that, look at that bullshit. The oh, internet is already. I mean, oh. Tim, Tim, you're right. But Tim, you were late to the party. <laughs> they were already there, Tim. They were, they were already, already there. This horrible chimera of oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think you did a, a sterling job um, rehabilitating this minion that is Despicable Me 3. Ah, oh, that's very nice of you. I you think... hugged the original film and told it it was enough. 
Even though it's not. <laughs> it's enough just to be a piece of shit. Actually, I mean, shit, it's fine. based on my reaction to the original and not having seen any of the others, I think I'd probably still oh, it would be dislike di- yeah. Despicable Me 3 <laughs> because it would, it'd still yeah. have the minions and yeah. fucking girls. Girls. Yeah, they would, it, would, it would have everything that the first two had. It would not be so different that it would be unrecognisable. Yes. Um, so a, tr- you- a true sequelizing movie would be like, all the minions die in the first <laughs> ten seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The minions are never mentioned throughout the film. It's like, why? Just didn't want them to be there. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think um, it is a far superior film uh, to to what the original is. Um, Thank the Lord. Might I posit something? I would have liked to do. Uh, how do you fix Despicable Me Three if you had all the ways to do it? Well, I would release it in nineteen. 19- 78 <laughs> and it would be an animated film like a Disney animation sort of mm. thing and Gru would be voiced by Orson Welles <laughs> <laughs> and the minions would not be there <laughs> he would have a small cat We'd make it make it Orson Welles final film role instead of Transformers the movie Lunacron <laughs> oh god the girls <laughs> bring me the girls <laughs> Nobody summons Megatron. Then it pleases me to be the first. These are my girls. <laughs> Why did you see some girls? I'm marrying them off, I guess. I don't know. I, I or, or we put the groove voice the other way around. Oh! Nobody summons Megatron. Then it pleases me to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh. Yeah, that's my preferred version. <laughs> That's my unicron. Just, hashtag my unicron. Just a, hashtag not my unicron. <laughs> Giant planet-sized grew head. Yeah, it turns around. The moon. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well there, Matt. Congratulations on fixing that piece of shit. You kept minions, but we can't win them all, can we? Yeah, needed to be done. Needed to <laughs> yeah. be done. And we could just kill them all. I mean. We did, but the, the it's the final your, one. Your version is pleasingly free of 80s references. Uh, yeah. You forgot to mention the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, Pharrell <laughs> Williams is. does five new songs, uh, and one of the songs goes tick-tock, 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 and it's fucking annoying. What's the soundtrack for yours? It's just nothing but Dire Straits, but like a third of a Dire Straits song each uh, time. Other than the new Pharrell Williams song I just mentioned, there would also be... Um, I don't know. Oh no, Justin Timberlake's just <laughs> 21 seconds by the So Solid Crew. <laughs> no, not 21 seconds. <laughs> 21 seconds. There you go. That's it. 21 seconds by the So Solid Crew. Yeah. <laughs> 21 oh, seconds. T- 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 Isn't that like Spickable five, me. five t- minutes t- t- or something? Four minutes? Yeah, there's a long time. We only got four minutes. It... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got four minutes to go. To... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Songs about time. Time after time. Time after time. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Time still. is running out by means. Uh, time to kill. <laughs> the time to kill is now by Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> yes, that's a real song. Yeah. Uh, also, also we'll get Amy Poehler covering "Steam" by E17. Oh. oh, I think we say "Steam" by Peter Gabriel. <laughs> oh, now I'm talking. Soundtrack that includes both Cannibal Corpse and Peter Gabriel. Actually, Sign me yeah. up. Stand back. That would be really good. That's, that's my fucking I'd soundtrack. Like yeah. And by I'd like that, it's massively inappropriate because it's early 90s reference no one's going to care for. Except for me. And Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, so, yeah. 
There you go. Nice. Well, listeners, if you have any ideas for Despicable Me 3, if for some unknown reason you enjoy these movies, or if you have a suggestion for a silly soundtrack... Do not, for the love of God... Send us fucking minion pictures. <laughs> oh, look, I found this meme. It's really funny. Oh, look, I found this dirty fucking right, image. Right. Do not. You're editing this, Matt. Oh, yes. Cut that bit out. Because <laughs> you saying don't send us these things means people will send that us their things. That's a good point. That's a good point. The fact that we don't fucking <laughs> mention them means that hopefully I'll just go like, oh, send us your suggestions. Should Death I keep this for the Patreon people? No. no. <laughs> Just cut it all. Burn it. Good point. Any, anyone who sends a minion meme. Destroy blocked. it, Isildur. Destroy it. Go. <laughs> uh, I want minions memes. <laughs> Do carry on. <laughs> you can email us. Sequelizers at gmail.com is the place to go. You can tweet at us at Sequelizers on Twitter. Post a comment or uh, what else can you share stuff? Who goes on Facebook these days apart from mums sharing minion memes? <laughs> uh, shares your minion memes with us on Facebook. <laughs> it's inevitable. That, that, that's the correct place for it. I don't want to see that shit on my Twitter feed. <laughs> Share it on Facebook and just happily ignore it. That's fine. Um, of course, we are facebook.com slash sequelizers and Instagram as well. Of course, sequelizers on there as well. If you want to contribute to the show support us you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and you'll get all the bonus loveliness including we played a little game in our outtakes this we time did. we yeah. actually have a little patreon exclusive game that tim devised and matt and i competed in and it was a lot of fun we didn't do very well no but it was very good okay. you did reasonably well eh. yeah well uh maybe we'll bring that back do little fun little games and little i mean the pre-show chat is pretty funny anyway it's always so ridiculous it's always Oh, it, gets, it gets silly. <laughs> we've, we've cried with laughter multiple times. I think the Lion King one was still one of my favourites. Right and pig. Yeah. <laughs> you can go and check out all of our previous exclusive content and all the cool new bonus stuff coming up as well. Very true. And also, as I mentioned at the start of the show, this episode was chosen by patrons. So we will end up saying, like, for the next season, here are our three potential films. Which one would you prefer? And you get to vote on it. And that's, again, I mean, I was a higher tiers. We can say, I want this specifically. Pick anything you like, arguably. But We're going to get to those later on in the exactly, season as well. Exactly. Uh, we've got a couple lined up. But it's, an, it's a nice ability for you to say, oh, I, I actually have a, a hand in shaping the season. I will make them watch Despicable Me 3. Well, I'd seen it already. I, I mean, to, to go behind the curtain, one of the other options was Cars. And I fucking hate Cars. Cars 2, it's true. I prefer Despicable Me 1 to Cars 1. And I assume I would prefer Despicable Me 2 to Cars Have 2. Have you not seen Cars 2? No. <gasps> I, I, I must admit, I don't thought... like Cars 1 enough. No, no. That's already like a <laughs> yeah. 2 out of... T- they're starting on a 2 out of 5. Get her done, girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good talk. Larry, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because ultimately I thought Cars 2 would win it. Because um, it's a Me too, film. Because it's a pile of fucking three. trash. Apparently, interesting. Yeah, but again, you guys can help shape that in the future. So if you want to get on Patreon, your Patreons already, as you say, you are most welcome to influence us, chat to us, get exclusive content, go and support us if you yeah. wish. If you yeah. don't want to, that's fine. The main show will always still be always there, always remain free, free and full of ridiculousness and silly <laughs> voices. We've been a very silly voice-heavy season so far, <laughs> with uh, with Bane in episode one and <laughs> Gru in episode two. The next episode probably have no silly voices. Now we'll be fine. 
because of sub what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fine. Unless, it's, it's unless we just list, carry on with Gru voices for the next one. <laughs> I mean, we did whenever we say the word girls, candy. then we, we will just do gorals. Gorals every time. That might yeah. be a thing. Yeah. We'll just get a t-shirt that just says Gorals. Of course, the Gorals. <laughs> this weird chimera hybrid at the end of the season. This amalgam all of things. All the different impressions in one sentence. Yeah. And then we uh, shit ourselves horribly. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so yeah, patreon.com slash sequelizers. If you'd like to get any of that cool bonus content, we've got more commentaries coming up this season. Mm-hmm. You, If you are already supporting us at a certain tier, you will have received the Dark Knight Rises commentary, which yep. is... A barrel of laughs of me shouting about physics. <laughs> it, it is good. How shit that movie is. Uh, terrible Bane voices. <laughs> Lots of terrible Bane in the film. The moment we realise that Bane sounds like Bane, we go, oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> it's that's real. Thing. Yeah. And we'll have a couple more coming out this season as well. And uh, yeah, if you want to go and follow Matt on the internet... How can they do that, Matthew? Talk to me about things. You can say to me how about how my film was a little too condescending for have children. The, have the word GORLS in all caps, just like 15 times yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, you could do that easily. Uh, you could tell me how you think you'd fix the pick of me, and I'll say, I don't give a shit. You could tell me how Minions is, in fact, the strongest of the films, and I'll uh. say, and I'll know to block you. Uh, alternatively, you can go to the redrighthand.co.uk to read my reviews of films. Um, or alternatively, you can go to cheesemint.com to see all the films and TV, well, animated series we do and stuff like that. So, yeah, lots on offer. Lots to be had. Some of the cheesemint stuff goals. features Tim and I as well. Yeah, you guys are. We have shared scenes in Super Happy Kill Time. You have. You guys are. It's very exciting. Uh, are uh, lead and event. Oh, no, hang on. You are, Tim's a lead from episode one, and Jack is a co lead from. Uh, I want to say series three, mm. series four, but you really pump it up. I've, I've been a recurring character so far. It's true. And then, it's uh, true. At the time of recording, and I will show up. It's true. More later on. Mm. And I enjoy it, and it's fun and silly for us to do. We do very over the top hype stuff. So if you're interested, check it out. Hey, Tim. Hey. How can people follow you on the internet, Tim? Uh, if you go to Twitter uh, at trivia underscore lad, that's me. Um, I, don't, I don't have anything to offer, unlike Matt. Yeah, with do. his various projects. You're, you're, in, my you're projects. part of those projects. I'm part of those projects. But, I'm you know. consuming your time. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. I spend all my time helping Matt out. and so It's true. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm on there. I'm tweeting about things, often comics um, and uh, other stuff. But yeah, that's the, that's the best place to follow me. Mm-hmm. Jackie Boy. Hello. Where are you on the internet? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We saw you were earlier. The, the Chinese one. <laughs> the qu- quibby. You were lurking around Rule 34. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can follow it did me. did appear to be your homepage as yeah. well. Yeah. Worrying. On, on social media, uh, rule34.xxx <laughs> slash JLW Chambers. Oh, that better not be sequelizers. Rule 34 I hope stuff. there is. Hey, artists out there. <laughs> well, we, Again, it'll be a t-shirt merchandise soon. <laughs> We'll, we'll just ask our designer to get the get the Rule 34 stuff out for us first. Pro- Prioritise. I was very happy with Scarrett's uh, minionifying of us. Yeah. Oh, God. That was very and cool. Then, and then he made us fuck each other. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> no, Matt, it's a banana. Banana. <laughs> banana. If you want more inappropriate content from me, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at JLW Chambers. Uh, it is a combination of wrestling, video games, comics... And inappropriate jokes, as you might have guessed from this show anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that tends to do the joke and everybody goes, Oh, God! <laughs> uh, 
they get cut, so you can check this out in the outtakes <laughs> once again. So, uh, yeah, that, that's me. That's my main format. I'm JLW Chambers on everything else, basically. So, yeah. Follow we- me on the on the tweets and the grams and the books. Books. <laughs> the foobs. The foobs. Okay, so I guess we just uh, sign off then. Yeah. Have a leave it up and 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 have